0: now back to our coverage of the 2019 nba draft on espn 1000 and the espn app along with chris black here's jonathan hood glad you're with us here for the 2019 nba draft show here on espn 1000 and the espn app jonathan hood chris black with you as we uh wrap up our coverage of the nba draft we're gonna hear from john Paxson, the vice president of basketball operations for the bulls coming up but uh, the Bulls are able to get their guy. We heard earlier from John as he talked to the press. He got his guy in Kobe White. As we mentioned coming into the draft, Chris, you know, <laughs> he knew the Bulls need to have a, a lead guard, but it's almost like Kobe White kind of just fall, fell into the lap for the Bulls, right?
1: Yeah, and the, the way the uh, first seven picks kind of fell in the first round tonight, you, you were wondering whether or not the Chicago Bulls were going to have to make a move to go get Kobe White. And uh, after Zion Williamson went one, John ja Morant two, R.J. Barrett three, DeAndre Hunter four, Darius Garland at five for the Cavs. That's the first point guard that you said, oh man, as a Bulls fan, I was hoping that the Bulls could have uh, a shot at Darius Garland. And then Minnesota at six, what were they going to do? They take Jared Culver from Texas Tech and that left Kobe White for the Bulls at seven. The need and the the best player available sitting right there at 7.
0: The reason why that I thought that the Bulls would take Culver at 7 is because I didn't think White would be there. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he'd be there. I figured well, if Kobe White is a terrific young player and I thought that If he's going to be one of the top six picks, that Culver would drop to seven, and the Bulls would have him. If the Bulls took Culver, I would have no problem with it. You still have to address the the lead guard spot, and as I thought, you know, you can address that in free agency as well. You know, I'm really hot on Pat Beverly. I think that he'd be really good for the Bulls as far as temperament, veteran leadership. John talked about that in the press conference. That, you know, it's you're trying to build some veteran players around some of the young players on on this roster youngest team in the nba you want to be able to have some veterans around it and i thought that if white wasn't there you go for beverly maybe you still do if you don't think that chris dunn's the answer
1: listen uh john paxton told uh, the media that it's not like you don't have enough players to play right so like if they added another guard to mix in there with chris dunn zach levine and kobe white i wouldn't be surprised uh, ideally, I would like someone who's like a, a legit three-point shooter who could come off the bench, give you some minutes, and also give you a boost offensively. You knew and you know that he could come in and just hit three-point shots, space the floor. Uh, whether or not that guy's out there, a J.J. Redick, a uh, Pat Beverly, what they'll command on the open market. You know, because Beverly's an interesting uh, situation because he's from Chicago. He's flirted on social media with Chicago fans trying to, I don't know, troll or to just get a rise out of people. Uh, I think we would all like to see him play for the Chicago Bulls. But the team that he was currently on is going to be a damn good team right. next year, the Clippers. And, you know, whether or not he's going to choose to leave Los Angeles to come back home to join a team that isn't guaranteed to win, That that I think is an interesting situation because I get coming back home but then you also have to look at the difference between where the teams are. And if Kawhi Leonard says, I'm going to the Clippers, where would you rather fit in? Would you rather fit in with the Clippers or just fit in under the cap here with the Bulls? Well, that's, that's the thing. But see... It's
0: almost like a game of merry-go-round, Chris, because I know that as a player, I would want to be with a winning team. Yeah, I don't want to be in some place that's a rebuild because for Pat Beverly or for any other free agent that's out there, that's in the middle of the barrel of free agents, you want to be able to uh, be in a position where you can win an NBA championship. Yeah, And so, you know, and with this spot here, you know, John, is he wasn't even going full throttle on what the Bulls are going to be this year based right. on his conversation. You just heard him with the press there. He's always very cautious. Mm-hmm. He's not as excited as we were last year believing that in a LeBronless East that the, that the Bulls would be in the playoffs and be in the top 8 teams in the East. He's very cautious because he has a plethora of injuries that team this team is underachieved time and time again. So even he's cautious about it.
1: You and I were right, though. I mean, the East was wide open. Oh, yeah, it was. And a team from the East that we uh, didn't necessarily expect when we were sitting here last year at this time won the Eastern Conference, and they won the NBA Finals. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at it, and you're right. Uh, being cautious is the best way to go in this situation just because you have so many unproven players on your roster. You know, look at the two last draft picks in the first round that you have. We don't know what Wendell Carter Jr. is. We don't know what Lowry Marketing is.
0: That's why he's cautious is because it's still an evaluation. You know, and I, I get on social media a lot about, well, you know, Hood, you, you're not going as hard on the Bulls as you should. Well, I'm thinking, well, I'm already going 110 miles an hour. <laughs> like, like how, how fast do you oh. want me to drive this car? It, because here, here's the difference between my analysis of the Bulls two or three years ago and now. My analysis of the bulls are this, is the same that this team's got to get healthy for you to evaluate. The other thing is though is that as you mentioned, there is this fe- feeling of snake bitten or unlucky or whatever, but you know in house you 've got to be able to change some things if you're just if you're not um, if you 're not happy about the amount of injuries that you've had. you 've had you've got to make some changes you can 't go. You, you, now, this this place here, this this organization is about loyalty. But it's okay to be able to change things if you feel like you have to to be able to to get healthier, get better, get a fresh set of eyes on the
1: organization. Go harder at the Bulls. Like I, what I, what I'm confused about is you call it like it is. Right? There is no, I'm just going to go hard at them because I'm feeling this way today. Right. Or that way tomorrow. Or I'm in my field, so I'm going to go at the Bulls. <laughs> right? Like, like, that's not how it works. Right? We right. call it like it is. And, you know, this is why uh, you and I do this draft show every year. The night a couple of years ago, when they traded Jimmy Butler, I sat right next to you and to Nick Ferdell, and I said to both of you guys, you didn't have to do this. That was just calling it like it is. That wasn't going at the balls. That wasn't doing anything other than just calling it like it is. You didn't have to trade away a player who was a star player in the league and then start from the bottom back up. Right. Now you are. Now we're in, we're heading towards year three of this rebuild. So now we are starting to see where the shape of the team is at. And then we have to start asking questions and looking for answers based on what they've compiled. That's not going, like, what What more do Bulls fans want? Just calling for their jobs? Is that is that the take? See, like, the thing that I have and a problem with that is, like, don't we all already know that? Right. Like, if people are calling for jobs and, and asking for some dramatic change, we, we already know that that's the story with the Chicago Bulls. Right. Right. They're going to have to rebuild this. Right. And then if it doesn't work, there probably will be change. Right. Like, like, like what, what, what more do people want? Well, I I think that, well, you can understand in
0: a big market like Chicago, Chris, you want to be able to be in a position where you are a top eight team in the Eastern Conference. They want to see the playoffs and they want to see growth. You you get that. I mean, and, and once again, there are a number of teams that are always in the playoffs and get bounced. And I know that this Bulls organization doesn't want mediocrity, but you also don't want to be spinning your
1: wheels either. Well, they were a playoff team, though. They were an eighth seed, yeah. and they couldn't win. Right. And and they really didn't have a direction. You know, they have a direction now, but I, I think the one thing that everyone, including people in this building that work here, would agree with us is they're never going to win a championship until they get that star player. Right. So, like, all the pieces that we can compile through all these drafts and and make it look nice, it's okay. But at the end of the day, can you beat Toronto with Kawhi? Can you beat the 76ers with Embiid and Simmons?
0: Well, it's the the process
1: of, of how
0: you're able to get to obtain that star. Right, so like either you're going to draft it and and build it, right, or or you're going to use these assets to trade for one. we going to trade for one, Cause right? Because they're not they're not walking through the exactly. door. Exactly,
1: but but you are compiling assets now, yeah. Because yeah. you know what what happened with the Anthony Davis thing when it all started, right? You looked at teams that had young players and young assets, and you started trying to figure out trades that could interest the Pelicans into trading Anthony Davis. All right. So who's the next star? Giannis Antetokounmpo? Right. Do you have enough young assets when he wants to force his way out of Milwaukee to say, hey, we have a top 15 player in Kobe White. We have the scoring two guard in Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. We have the shooter in Lowry Markkinen. We'll trade you that for Giannis. Right. Because, because it, what's going to happen? Either someone has to become a star out of this group that you've drafted and compiled, or you're going to have to trade for one.
0: Right. you got to be able to do something one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but cultivating talent is, right. is so important for this organization. Right. There's no question. As you're listening to the 2019 NBA Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 at the ESPN app, along with Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you as we broadcast live from the Advocate Center here in Chicago, the uh, Chicago Bulls are able to get their guy. They get uh, Kobe White. Um, and, as we mentioned, Kobe White is exactly what you need if you 're the bulls a guy that can be an igniter offensively and, and I think one of the key things that John talked about we could talk about when he comes here is is that the philosophy offensively chris that is something that we talked about in within the draft show yeah uh, about trying to be able to have a different philosophy offensively. One of the reporters mentioned twenty twenty first in pace. That's going
1: to change here, especially when you have think, igniter like White as your lead guard. Yeah, they're tied for 20th, uh 101 possessions per game last season. So obviously with White here, he's going to push the pace. The Bulls are going to have more possessions. Um He's a better shooter than what you've had at point guard as well. So you would think that the uh, true shooting percentage for the Bulls would jump from 28th because that's what's been a problem. I, I've said it on these draft shows the last three years. The biggest need for this team is more shooting. Right. So they they have acquired that in Kobe White. I agree with that. I I think this is a great pickup. And, you know, we come into this uh, day saying starting point guard is what they need in shooting. They've uh, addressed both of those needs. Yeah, Playoff team? Well, I mean, you know, you know what happened last year when we, when we did this with, with John. Is that how we should start this when he walks over? I think we we'll start off by saying we're not going to say playoff team like we did last year. I think that's because, you know what,
0: because you put the brakes on it before. You know, you don't want to talk about it then. Uh, I, I
1: stand by that assessment. They have the talent. They just weren't healthy.
0: Right, right. What do you think of, of I remember when Laurie Markkinen was, was drafted, and I thought, you know, he wasn't the best player at Arizona. Mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, you need to be able to have him be in a position where you can get up and down the floor. We knew he could shoot the basketball a little bit, but I thought, again, we're only talking about a sample size here because it was not a full complement of games. I thought that from the little bit that we saw, there was flashes there from marketing, but again, we got to see him for a full season.
1: You know, I was surprised that in the fourth quarter of games, he disappeared at times. Did you, Were you surprised at that last yes. season? Yes. Um, I don't know if that has more to do with Zach Levine dominating the ball late in the game. And I know more of that will happen with Otto Porter. But I think Bulls fans are looking for Lowry to kind of take it into his own hands to finish games for the Chicago Bulls. Right. I, could, I could totally see that coming forward in the next season.
0: You're listening to the 2019 NBA Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from the Advocate Center, along with Chris Black, Jonathan who with you. Please be joined by the Vice President of Basketball Operations. John Paxson, is with us here on ESPN 1000. John, welcome. Thank you. Uh, before we talk about what you've done, what you think of the draft overall? Chris and I were going back and forth. We thought at the top, top 10, there's some quality players there. There's, there's some projects in the middle and it, I think it got better in the second, in the second round. what do you think of overall the draft?
2: Well, I, I think at least what it showed us was that kind of beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know, I mean, our, our draft board, it looked a little different than the, the way the draft went, you know, so, uh, but that's, that's the way it is, you know, I mean, and, and a lot of teams look at their rosters they maybe try to address needs or you just you know you fall in love with the guys maybe it's his athletic tools or skill level and, and you go with it um but you know for us it you know we feel like we we got what we needed tonight in terms of where we were drafting and we feel real good about it uh- take us inside the draft board when kobe
1: white was sitting there at seven for you guys you had to be ecstatic because as we were sitting there watching these players and teams minnesota and the hawks jump up ahead of you we were worried that there wasn't going to be a point guard on the board for you is that what you were targeting a point guard for seven
2: well we we weren't targeting we had our our board and you know with when you're drafting in the top 10 we, we would have gone according to our board so if guy if guys were gone we would have taken a a player that we we had there so and we were all we were prepared for that Uh, i think what getting kobe did it it changed kind of our focus in the second round um had we drafted a different position in the first we would have been looking for something different you know in the second so that for us that's the way it kind of played out and uh, but we you know every team views things a little differently and yeah there's probably a few minutes there where when minnesota moved up we thought you know they may be moving up to get to get a point but uh you never really know in this in this business you can try to get as much intel as you want but everybody's lying to each other anyway because they want to they want to get the guy they want so uh and you know for us trying to move didn't make a whole lot of sense because the price to do so for us was it was it was too much so uh, we stood pat, and we got a guy we really like.
0: John, you play the position. What would be your advice for Kobe White as a lead guard trying to lead this team? What would be your advice for him?
2: Well, first of all, the game has changed so much, and point guard, the, the true definition of it it really doesn't apply as much anymore. I think that that position, you have more combo guards anyway. I think what you see is... You know, you ha- you do you s- certainly have point- guards that that have a better feel or maybe some instincts that make them great passers that type of thing. But everybody has to have a scoring component now. So um, I think where Kobe has to grow, first of all, he, he's really fast. He can play that push game. He's going to have to learn when to rein it in. You know, hold back, uh, understand decision making a little better, but. Again, none of these guys are finished products. You know, they, they they're, they're all gonna learn. They're all gonna get better. It's on us, it's on our coaching staff to, to put them in positions where they can learn to, to make better decisions. So, but you know, as we delve into it and we, you know, we meet him, get to know him, this is a young guy that's, that wants to be good and will put everything into it. So I think when you guys get to see him, get to know him a little bit, he, he's a great kid. He, he, he really is. He raved about the meeting he had here at Advocate Center yeah. with you guys. Tell us about that meeting. What happened
1: and, and who, who do you talk to besides Jim Boylan?
2: Well, we, we visited with him all, you know, all of us do, you know, we sit in a room with him and kind of put him through the, you know, the torture chamber, you know, but he was such a genuinely nice young man, uh, very open about everything that in his life and his experiences you know he's had the he lost his dad a couple years ago and uh but but when he got with Jim Jim had taken uh some video uh some clips of him that were really good some clips that weren't so good and just they went through them and they talked about basketball and when we got him on the phone tonight after after the draft uh you know he referenced that and said he's looking forward to to more of those things and I, I think it's what it's it showed Kobe and I, I, our players have learned in the, in the time that they've been with Jim after the, you know, we'll call it the rocky start is that Jim genuinely cares about these guys. He invests in them. And you can't be a good coach in this league anymore if you're not investing in these, in these players. Uh, the time, uh, being sincere. Uh, they, they have to know that you you genuinely want them to be better players, and and he's doing that. I think Kobe saw that in the meeting. I I really do.
0: Along with uh, Chris Bleck and Jonathan Hood and talking to John Paxson with us here on our 2019 NBA Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, I want to get your thoughts on something you said to the press earlier. Of course, we're not going to see a lot of players play 82 games anymore. Things have changed in that regard. But is load management something that you've been thinking about? You have the youngest team in the NBA and you think, hey, these guys are young. They just want to get about down the floor. They just want to learn. Is load management a concern for you?
2: It's, it's, uh, it's on the radar of everybody now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can call it what you want, but it's basically managing players so that, uh, you try to keep them as healthy as they are. Um, we all pay attention to it, but you know, there, there is the mindset for all of us that, as as much as these guys train and as great shape they are, and you can think about our league now, where they they've uh, you know no longer have four games and five nights, they've reduced the number of back to backs. You would think that you know that that players would be able to to manage games and th- those minutes more and more. But I personally feel it's you know th- th- these kids start playing basketball all year round at a really early age now, and I think you, know, you go through AAU basketball, they're playing seventy games a summer and honestly it it never really ends for them so I I think the the toll on them as they get to the league has become great so the the idea of managing players is going to be a priority for all of us and you know the the one situation that we can look back on this year that we've talked about is we had the four overtime game in uh, in Atlanta and we had a lot of guys play big minutes and we talked afterwards about you know, maybe we should, uh, you know, do some things. I, I think we went to Zach and said, "Hey, you know, maybe." But to Zach's credit, Zach that we were playing Atlanta, you know, turning around and playing them. Yep. Zach's credit said, "No, no, I'm I'm playing. You know, I'm, you know, so we're we're going to have to." And I think all teams are looking at this, saying, "Okay, be more proactive in terms of maybe how we we do rest guys." Um, I don't think you want to go overboard with this because, first of all players are paid to play, and the fans pay to see them play. And uh, I think we have to be very careful with that, because uh, you can get into a situation where, you know, it's not healthy for your, your fan base, not healthy for your team, and uh, but it's definitely it's on everybody's radar now. And with rest means the team
1: could probably run more during the game. You mentioned that maybe the whole team wasn't committed to running last season. Was that more of a point guard issue, or is that like pushing the pace, or
2: is that a team wide issue of guys not committed to running? Well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, I think that w- one of the things that Jim wants to do is because we we do feel like we have some versatility. Uh, you saw last year where. Lowry can take the ball off the board and and push it. Uh, Zach can do it. Otto can do it. Chandler Hutchinson, who we we think that that might be his best skill is rebounding and pushing and and getting out. Kobe White can run. I I think the more multiple ball handlers you can have if you rebound the ball – the, the more we'll be able to, to do that. But it has to be a mindset. You know, I I was watching, you know, you watch all the playoffs and stuff. I mean, Golden State, man, that ball chain, it comes off the board, and they are sprinting, I mean, yep. it, consistently. It's not like they they trot up and down. So, And you're seeing that more and more. Uh, so I, I think it's as much a mindset and a, a belief system. Um, our, assist, our, our new assistant coaches that we have, uh, Chris Fleming's a very offensive, creative offensive mind. He wants to, you know, push and run. Jim does, too. Uh, You know, last year we just, you know, our personnel and the amount of injuries we had, it it was just so disjointed we really couldn't play any real style, uh, to be honest with you. So um, he'll have an opportunity this summer in a training camp to implement what he wants.
0: What will will we see in Daniel Gafford, the kid from Arkansas?
2: Um, You know what? He's, uh, when when we talk to him, we realize that he's a very self-aware young man. He knows who he is. And as a basketball player, he, he, we feel he won't get out of out of character. So what he does well, very athletic, uh, high motor, runs the floor. He can move his feet, defend, uh, rebound. I, it's analytically, when you looked at him rebounding the ball and shot blocking, he was really high. And he played in a very good conference, obviously, the SEC against some real good athletes and talent. So, you know, we liked him last year because he kind of tested the waters. And uh, he went back to Arkansas, had a really good year. And, you know, having drafted Kobe, that's the type of guy we were looking for. So uh, we we feel really good about him. Coming into tonight,
1: we were talking about before the show uh, how we thought you guys needed more shooting and a point guard, obviously. Uh, Last year, you were 27th in three-point attempts in the league. Is that a focus this season to shoot more threes, thus Creating, you know, just the idea of more three-point shots could open up the floor, more spacing, allowing Zach and now Kobe to penetrate and kick it out to others. Is that something you guys are talking about?
2: Uh, we we want to play that way, but you, you, you do, you're right. You need the personnel. Um, I, I think our, you know, last year again, it was so disjointed because we we didn't. Again, you don't have your complete roster, but that, that's not an excuse. It just it just made it hard for us to. To really try to do anything that we want to do, I I, we had that stretch where after we traded for Otto and he was healthy, we were playing pretty well and and had some decent moments. But this is going to be a whole new team. It's going to be a a fresh start for a lot of guys. Uh, I think the the energy from the staff will be different because we've added a a couple of new people and Chris and Roy Rogers. Uh, That that should kind of you know infuse a a different little bit of uh, attitude to us, and so we're, we're we're optimistic, but. And I say this, and I, if you've heard me talk, I, I'm never oversell anything. We've got a long way to go. Yeah. We we have a long way to go. We we won 22 games last year, and you can say you had injuries, and we did, but that's not that's not an excuse. We 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 won 22 games, so we've got a long way to go to be competitive. That that's that's where we need to start. We need to, we need our our players to you know, every night they're out there grinding and playing hard, and our fan base can say, hey, this, this group has potential to, to be something special and and the reality too for us is we need our the, the current players on our roster before this draft night to get better I and mean, we've said it all along Larry Markkinen we we feel has great promise he needs to step up Wendell in his second year needs to Otto and, and Zach as leaders of this team need to to step up so that that's where we're headed but uh, tonight was a you know a, a good start for us and uh, we're going to free agency see what we can do the reason why you didn't find me very often, cause I was in in the
0: States a lot. Yeah, good. Watching the G League, right? <laughs> good. Yeah. Good.
2: Any, 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 anybody stand out that
0: could make the right, like, I liked Alkins, Walt Lemon Jr. going to the basket. That was an igniter yeah, offensively. Yeah. Anybody you like?
2: Well, on the, w- w- on Walt- team? Walt's gonna be with us this summer. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. And, uh, you know, but now with the G League, you know, we have this opportunity to sign two-way contracts and things like that. Those, those are valuable now because, you know, it goes kind of back to, well, you talked about the load management. We we have fifteen. We have a fifteen man roster. The G League allows us to, to have two more players that you can bring up for forty five days, and they can play in games and that type of thing. So there's real value there. So we we are we're looking at that avenue, maybe to 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 find a gem if we can, and uh, and go from there. But uh, uh, Hoffman State's been pretty good to us. We, we've gotten a couple of you know a couple of talented young men for for our, our program. I know you're not going to give us names as
1: you head towards free agency, but, uh, what are you guys looking at as the biggest need? Uh, something, maybe a three point shooter? Is it veteran leadership? Is there something that you guys have pinpointed that we need to go out and acquire this summer?
2: Well, a combination of things. I mean, we, we want good vets. We want guys that, uh, you know, fit who we want to be, fit Jim Boylan. Uh, so that's tough minded. Um, but, you know, we, I, we need a little more front court, I think, uh, if we can find some versatility and maybe that 3-4 position, you know, uh, we'll, we, we, that would help us. And, you know, we still are looking at, you know, guards maybe that, that might fill a gap. We, we, we still have work to do, you know, and, and uh, we got some, some ideas and, and now we get to, to tackle that.
0: You like the landscape of the NBA. We like it because we think it's wide open. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. We're not going, temp- yeah. going to do what we did to you last year. Yeah. We did not say playoffs once, did no. we? we? We did not. Six no. hours of coverage. We didn't yep. say play. We bombarded you with that last year. So yeah. we're not saying that. You we're, set us straight, though. You I, set I us straight. Yeah. Yes. So we're not saying that. We're, we're right. calm. It's right. process.
2: Pro- yeah, it is. Yeah. I, like I said, I want us to get back to our fan base and say, hey, these guys are competing every night and uh, and and feel good about you know the guys out there on the floor. Right. I, I think a guy like Kobe will be somebody that our fan base will enjoy watching play, and I think our te- his teammates will enjoy him. They'll he'll he'll uh, fit with them great. So, but it's just a start, and uh, we still got a long way to go.
0: Well, once again, we are going to open up the invitation for you. After this, we're going to Oshaball <laughs> beers. This is the fourth year in a row we're going to ask you again. I need Wide some sleep, man. No, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> early. We always, we don't we don't talk bulls, do we? We just talk about the, we just yeah. open up the draft and. Yeah. Talk about other teams. We'll discuss free agency. Where Kawhi uh, we're quasi- is going to go, that's Every what we going Every year, we'll it's figure an figure open invitation. Yeah, yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. All right, brothers. Every time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. All right, see you.
0: John Paxson, the Vice President of Basketball Operations, with us here on ESPN 1000 at the ESPN app as uh, we broadcast live here from the Advocate Center.